football cards, collecting and investing. The hobby is still hot. And Andy, we have been doing these very general questions at the beginning of every episode. Kaboom or downtown? Which insert do you like better? So let us know in the comments section whether you're listening to this right now on iTunes or whatever. You could just answer that to yourself. But on YouTube, we want you to get down below and let us know which one you like better. A little bit later, we're going to talk about um, some hobby nightmares, how to uh, sell cards more efficiently. But once again, how difficult it is to actually get a card sold, sold. I'll explain what that means a little bit later. But Andy, right off the jump here, which insert do you like better between the two of them? I got to go with the kaboom here, man. I love the big kaboom text, the action uh, pose that they that they get from the player. It's also, you know, it's it's got like a little bit of um, animation. It's it's very unique. Uh, I think it's very unique to the sports card industry. Whereas the optic downtown or base donors downtown, uh, some of the backgrounds aren't so great, in my opinion. Right. Some of them are pretty good, but some of them aren't so great. And the kabooms are just awesome. I think they're they're really quite epic, and uh, they're definitely grill cards. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the kabooms. Rarely do we agree, but I agree with you, man. I, I like the kaboom slightly better. I do find it interesting that some of the one-of-one one kabooms are like the green kaboom. I always thought that was, you know, kind of interesting i i but but the gold kabooms number to 10 are nothing short of incredible now it's not that i hate downtowns and you know downtowns can get a little pricier it could be that kabooms uh obviously depends on on the player but it it could just be kabooms are a, a little bit more affordable on my estimations but you know downtown cards are also cards that you know the hobby covet so let us know in the comment section below. And uh, we're more so just talking about the design, but some people will say, look, I, I just care about the price. Which one could get me more money? And yeah, I feel like uh, over the course of the long term, the Kaboom is going to be a little bit more valuable. Obviously, they're best going to do well. I mean, it's, it's a lot of subjectivity there. Uh, but from just like a, a data analytic perspective, looking at the sold items, I routinely see people shelling out more money for the highly graded Kaboom, especially you're talking about it is strange that they do like the one of ones as green and, you know, why, why green? But um, yeah, I just see the, the Kabooms garnering a little bit more scarcity. I also think they're a little bit harder to get tens on. Um, just kind of looking at the pop reports, I don't have the specific numbers in front of me to uh, validate that. That's just what I've kind of uh, kind of see and kind of estimates to be true in the hobby. There's this guy I follow. He's a big Kaboom collector. Roberto Galvez is his name. He's big in soccer. And it's amazing what this guy's Kaboom collection is. Did I mean it caused me to follow him? He's crazy, uh, with, with this collection. So, I, I'm a kaboom guy. I, I've never even owned a, a kaboom card. I want one really bad. I think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say imitation is the be biggest form of flattery, right? And, and there's one card that's imitated more than 
all the others, it's the Kaboom. I, I see so many custom Kaboom cards made. And I mean, you can see like the prices that veteran Kaboom cards, you know, whether it's Deion Sanders, Joe Montana, uh, Rob Gronkowski, you know, any of these guys. I mean, the Kaboom is one card that and they've even made um, they've even made little gifs on like Instagram and other social media platforms for right. the for the Kaboom specifically. They haven't done that for the optic downtown or just downtown in general. And some of those backgrounds you know, we kind of think maybe they uh, they took some some ideas from other people's artworks and stuff. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about the Kaboom that makes it look so unique and it makes it pop, you know, with the way they did that design. I love it. I love it. Now, th- there was a downtown. I believe it was a Justin Herbert downtown that had uh, someone else's uncommissioned artwork and i was like oh i don't know how i'd feel if i saw something like that i will i will say this i like kabooms better than downtowns overall but this will sound like a very like you know trying to play both sides of it the lsu downtowns uh, of joe burrow and justin jefferson in their college uniforms and also just the Camaras and the drew Brees downtowns they actually did a really good job with the the uh, the Louisiana flavor with um, w- with his LSU uniforms. Don't care too much about the Bengals one, even though the Bengals one does look pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I'm telling you, I love a good LSU downtown or New Orleans downtown backdrop. So, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. So once again, get in the comment section down below. Type K if you say kaboom. Type D if you believe it's downtown. Or what we'll do, Andy, is if you don't like either one of them, let us know what your favorite uh, insert is. Is there an insert that you personally like more than any of the others? Um, I love inserts. I think they're unique. I know base cards and all of that will always, you know, uh, run a lot of people's hobby but I, I i think inserts on a whole are, are, are slept on yeah there's there's certain inserts and you know it goes back to the hobby being so subjective right what what is one man's junk is another man's treasure and so certain guys really like the look and appeal of certain inserts i'll tell you one card i'm a big fan of a big a fan of a, a new insert and that's the 2021 optic Donruss Kings, man. I think that this card looks really sharp. Uh, this one right here uh, for, you know, just using Jalen Waddle oh, as an yeah. example here. But I think that this insert this year that they released from Optic, I, I like this better than Downtown. I thought this was a really cool insert here, man. And, and it's, they've got the rated rookie chain on in the picture, so you don't have the rated rookie like logo on it, but they've got the rated rookie chain on in the picture. I think these these cards are awesome, dude. I would love to get one of these for any of my favorite players. Yeah, and I'll send you. I know you were looking for that uh, that Joe Burrow card. I'll send this to you in the, the private chat. Um, a favorite thing about that card is that it does have um, – it does have like 2019 LSU's national championship logo in the top left corner, the good top left corner. It's crazy. Like just the, uh, ah. yeah, you see, so you have all the jazz musicians. You got, uh, uh, just a lot, right? Look at that, man. You got the bass, you got the drum set, you got the guitar trumpet, all of it. 
I mean, that's just a perfect, perfect, perfect card. So I'll take that downtown over any Kaboom, but just Kabooms in general do pop a little bit more. And also they're a little bit more consistent from like card to card, right? Um, because of what you said, it, it, the downtown to me, it's very backdrop oriented. So once again, let us know in the comment section. If you're listening, you could feel free to hit Andy or me up on social media. Now we get into obviously you know, general hobby topics and, and ideas. And, you know, for me, Andy, uh, it, it, this past weekend, obviously the story was honestly uh, Zach Wilson not taking ownership of his team's failures. And it, it just goes back to what we've been, you know, preaching on this channel is that quarterback class just has been very hot dog watery. Like it's not good. Um, and you know, I, 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 I just wonder, this is something that, that has stuck with me for a little bit, Andy. And I know like the market overall has been down, but I wonder if the people that bought into that Patrick Mahomes dip feel a lot better about themselves right now. Uh, because that right there feels very bulletproof right now. Yeah, it does. And and that's why, like, uh, whenever I get on with Paul Hickey, we went over the top 25 football players to invest in. And I got some comments. Um, shout out to, I think his name is Cardboard Cheddar. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. He's like, um, you want me to invest in guys that are hyped up? And I'm like, well, I don't want you to invest in Davis Mills or Zach Wilson or even Mac Jones. These guys that are very speculative, very unproven, that may not amount to a hill of beans after the course of a couple of years may not earn a second contract may end up being clipboard holders for the rest of their career. I'd rather you target one of the best players in the league and strategically find an, uh, an auction ending during the week that you can maybe get in on a little bit under market value, what they're ending at uh, on the weekend during game time, while also thinking, Hey, these guys are MVP candidates, they're playoff candidates and and maybe you're you're spending a lot more than what you could buy uh, a Desmond Ritter auto right now, or Malik Willis, or Mac Jones, or Zach Wilson, or Davis Mills, or any of these guys. And but you know you've got a lot safer floor, and you've got an actual really good player that you know is really good that's going to be around for a long time as a an elite starter in the NFL. Yeah, look, um, the number 269 is relevant just because of Patrick Mahomes, the legendary 2017 Prism card, PSA 10. I know a trade still about, about 4, 4.5K. That card got up to 15K once, you know, during the Super Bowl one, run. I don't think it's ever going to get up there again just because of the overall feeling towards, you know, just base Prisms, even though that one is technically a silver. It's a base one. I, man, I... Patrick Holmes just does things every week that is just truly, you know, spellbounding, if you will. And like what truly makes what he's doing so insane is Tyreek Hill has been arguably the best non-quarterback in the entire league. And Mahomes is still fine. He's still fine. He still has Kelsey. He still has Andy Reid. But it doesn't matter who's out there. The guy is truly, truly, truly special. And this season is, is truly showing that um so yeah you know I, I would love to buy patrick Mahomes' card at some point it is a little bit out of you know my my price range but 
the guy feels like I, I honestly feel like I'm watching a Jordan, LeBron, Brady, like just truly unbelievably all time great type of player. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I mean, there, there's just there's no way around it. Um, and yeah, you can see his card still currently around forty five hundred dollars in auction this week. But like you talked about, uh, the one the one year high for that card is eighty six hundred dollars. But going back to the Super Bowl against the Bucks back at the end of the twenty twenty season, you're right. That was a twelve to fifteen thousand dollar card. I don't I don't see it getting back up to that range, even if he wins MVP and he goes back to the Super Bowl this year, just because of the market inflation that we've all talked about that um, everybody's talked about and how just the market as a whole, there aren't quite as many people in the hobby as there was probably in 2020, whenever a lot of people were looking at it as a quick cash grab type of scenario, uh, get rich quick type of thing. And everything was going up and it was so easy. You could just buy a base prism of, of any relevant player and, and flip it for a profit. You know um, even a lot of the, the, uh, the, Hall of Famers and the, the retired guys were, you know, becoming, um, re, you know, very relevant in terms of their cards were just going up and up for no other reason than there was just more people getting in the hobby and the demand was going up and the supply was therefore going down and prices were going up. I do see this card getting potentially back to like 6,500, 7,000 yeah. Carter. I think that's a very realistic number. It's only got a population of 903. And that's not unbelievably high for you know prism base now i i'm a little bit more of a fan of the uh mahomes rated rookies just because i i i love the photo shoot cards i just do i i've always enjoyed that one the the lamar psa 10 from you know a different year uh and that obviously josh allen in that card him looking towards the future in his photo and that one but it, it it truly is insane. And obviously, you know, when you buy Mahomes card now, you know a lot of his greatness is already baked into that. But man, I, I the reason why I bring him up is I just think a lot of people that spent the money on Davis Mills and Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, uh, knowing that they had not reached their peak yet, would feel a lot better if they had poured that money into a, a Patrick Mahomes card. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I get this question, like, uh, because we brought it up last week and we talked about it a lot. Like if, if you, if you're stuck holding a Davis Mills card or a Zach Wilson card now, Carter, what would you do? I would, man, I, I just see no, no path forward. Um, and, uh, with both of them, like neither one of them moved the needle for me at all. But I would still hold on to him for this reason. Um, people never learn their lessons. They just don't, Andy. And when these two get to a new team, which they will, there will be speculation surrounding them and their prices will go back up. Now, once again, how high will those prices go? Will you get the money that you've spent on those cards this offseason? Probably not. But it will go back up, Andy. I've seen Sam Darnold's prices shoot back up. I saw Baker Mayfield's prices. As you know, Andy, I I, I made some money on some Baker Mayfield uh, stuff that uh, I picked up at card shows or at a card show. Um, and uh, I traded Jerry Rice 
rookie cards for a, a Baker Mayfield card, and it turned out to be the right move. Um, quarterback speculation is always going to be there. So at this point, Andy, I, I you might disagree with this, but I would hold on to it because if they go to a new team, people won't learn their lesson and they'll they'll they'll, they'll buy on the hype again. Yeah, there's a good potential. Um, I, I tend to agree with that, especially with a guy that's got the draft capital and, and comes from this massive market in the New York Jets. You know, a lot of people will give them <laughs> give those guys a longer leash and kind of say, oh, well, it was this or it was this. It was coaching. It was this and fresh opportunity. And now, even if it's in just enough hype to to garner just enough demand to kind of break even, make a couple dollars, I think you could probably do it for the next couple of years on these guys. I mean, like you could maybe even make a case that uh, Dave, it would be Zach Wilson over Davis Mills only because, you know, the, like the, the Jets defense is too good for the, for the Jets to really get a top draft pick next year. They're kind of stuck with Zach Wilson right now in his rookie contract. Um, and Davis Mills, they're, they're clearly headed for a top draft pick, and he's potentially going to be benched this week um, uh, based on the press conference from Lovey Smith yesterday. And so there's a potential they could roll out Kyle Allen. I would say, why? Like, why? Don't you guys want the top draft pick? Why are you guys trying to win games? Like, let Davis Mills, just let him throw it. Like, let him throw it deep. Like, just let him <laughs> sling the ball. You know, YOLO. Like, go for it, man. Go nuts this weekend. Like this is potentially your last game before you become a clipboard holder. So show him what you got because we know that there was flashes of that last year. That's why he's the starter again this year. And maybe that could help his cards out a little bit in the future because maybe he can get, you know, kind of like um kind of like Gardner Minshew is, is buried, you know, as a as a clipboard holder but behind Jalen Hurts. But there's a chance that Gardner Minshew could get a starting job and you know, he's still really young. I mean, these guys are going to be in the NFL for a long time. And so, yeah. you know, look at what Andy Dalton's doing right now with the with the New Orleans Saints. You just never know what week. He's like so hot and cold, but – and there's not a tremendous amount of demand. But there's people out there that are buying some Andy Dalton cards after the game he just uh, threw up last week. I mean, it's just like a roller coaster ride with some of these guys. But uh, you look at him or Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he didn't win, but – he puts up some solid games and you know, these guys are still relevant years down the road. Yeah. And, and look, there's, and, and once again, going back to, you know, Davis Mills and, and Zach Wilson, their franchises just have this horrible stench to it. Even though the jets are heading in the right direction, people always like a fresh start. They just do. I am a college football YouTuber, as you know, Andy, with the transfer portal, People believe anybody could be a star. They just need to go to a new school, right? There's something about the fresh start. There's something about the move that just excites people. And going back to Baker Mayfield, you knew a thousand percent that the thing wasn't going to work. You knew a thousand percent he wasn't going to win in Carolina. I knew that, but I knew that people wanted to buy into the Baker Mayfield hype. Uh, the Cleveland Browns don't have the most sterling reputation. He just needed a fresh start. He just needed a fresh look at life. He needed a new coach and Matt rule was going to fix him. No, he wants to go to fix him. So, you know, uh, and th that's the interesting thing. Like, I, I, I think mostly uh, Zach Wilson and Davis Mills, that one didn't make any sense, but I think the, 
the people that are really going to hold the bag are are the Mac Jones buyers this offseason because this guy did have the best coach to ever coach in the sport. And I know his offensive coaches aren't the best. I'll defend Mac Jones till the end of the earth because of that. But you know, he's just he's bad. Like he's not he's not good. Um so yeah, it is interesting though. That this is one hypothetical. And Andy, I know this is a, a little bit of a ramble here before we get into hobby tip of the week. I do wonder what Mac's career would look like had he actually been drafted by the 49ers. Cause if he would have ran the Shanahan offense, he'd be way better right now. Yeah, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Um always finds a way to succeed in that system. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, when you compare the actual performance and the actual advanced statistics between Davis Mills and Mac Jones over the past year, they're really not that different, not at you all. know, um, and, and it all comes down to how do you how do you play under pressure? And Mac Jones has not been good under pressure and Zach Wilson's even worse, but he has not been good. And, and there's been this QB controversy be, earlier in the season between him and, and Bailey Zappi. And we saw the Bailey Zappi card just steam up out of great out of control. These Patriot fans are really grasping at straws, trying to find their next Tom Brady. And I don't think it's either one of these guys, Carter. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I, I there's so much opportunity there for these Patriot fans. And I think a lot of it comes down to like understanding the psychology behind uh, these fans of these large markets, especially these winning markets, you know, that uh, the, the Patriots have this reputation of winning. They know they still have got their Hall of Fame coach and Bill Belichick, and they still got a lot of key com- uh, pieces there. And they really just need this this quarterback like Tom Brady. And so they're going to continue throwing crazy money in the hobby at whatever potential quarterback is, is going to get that starting job there. It's, it's pretty wild to kind of, you know, think about the psychology behind the buying decisions that uh, people make for some of these players. We now get on to hobby tip of the week. Um, Andy, it, it, it goes back, you know, we're not going to reveal who this person is, but it will but you'll potentially depends on how you want to edit this. Some of the stuff we talked about in the outtakes about buying and selling. Uh, you've been through the ringer here, um, selling a, a Brees Hall card. And man, obviously you got hurt after you sold the card. And this buyer is trying to do everything he can to not actually uh, come through it. Then and he's double dipping on you. Yeah, th- this is a really good hobby tip of the week because I think it's important to um, to be cognizant of what people, what buyers are doing. So this guy has come back almost a month later now, Carter, and filed a dispute um, with, directly with eBay for his money back without sending me the card back saying that the item was not as described because it had a small surface dimple that he is not happy about, even though there was no claim that the card was a PSA 10 or that it was flawless. It was a raw card that you fill out the categories. I've put used, excellent condition. Card is sold based on the photos as is. I've got this whole message string back and forth. But the thing is, when he filed a dispute, eBay gives you five calendar days to respond before they send it to the financial institution for them to make the final decision. And I was on vacation. 
and I didn't get the notification because it is not like it does not pop up on your phone from eBay saying, hey, there's been a dispute filed against you. You've got to actually have a rule set up in your email that if something comes in from eBay that has the in the subject dispute, then you need to set like a priority notification for that. I've learned this potentially learning this lesson the hard way. I have not got the final decision on whether or not uh, they are going to refund this guy's money. And I'm just going to be out now the $130 plus the card now a month later. But it, it just, I mean, and, and there's no way for you to leave like negative feedback on a, on a, uh, on a buyer. You have to leave positive, but you put in the notes. So I think there's two hobby tips there. Like one, Set a rule for a dispute eBay just in case this ever happens to you. So you respond within the five calendar days to make sure that you're covered. Like you send them the the threads, the the message threads and everything back and forth showing that this person received the card. They agreed to buy it the whole nine yards. He's clearly wanting to return it because he overpaid and the player got injured and he's finding every little excuse to do so. But you, if, if I would have responded within that time, apparently there's, there's seller protection in there. eBay can then present that information to the financial institution to have me covered. And then the other thing is actually go in and read the feedback um, messages or notes that people are leaving for buyers. Like if someone's trying to buy a card from you uh, and, and you know, it's a bigger transaction or you're a little curious, like go and actually read their notes. What do we always say on here, Andy? If there's one thing to take away from all of this, obviously a very general topic is be a good person, act in good faith. If he gets some money back, he should send you the card back. But always remember this. Oh, this doesn't dissuade you from if you're watching this for the first time and you're wanting to get into football cards. But the simple truth, it's always harder to sell cards than buy cards. It always will be that case. It is 10 times harder to sell a card than buy a card. And this is another example of that. You know, people always say, well, so-and-so selling service should do a better job of protecting sellers. We'll see what actually comes from this, uh, from eBay or whatever. But also a, a good hobby tip for me from this is buy in good faith. Buy in good faith. When, when you're looking at cards... And Andy, I know you do this. I do this all the time. It's why I love sports cards so much. I scroll and look at cards all day. I honestly do. When I'm when I'm done doing what I do, YouTube stuff uh, on college football, when I'm done doing that and I have just some downtime in myself, you know what I do, Andy? I watch card vlogs and I get my phone out and I scroll and look at cards. I always ask myself before I get ready to purchase a card, can I 100,000% purchase this card and my life still be fine? I always answer that. And, you know, I see this all the time, you know, people buying in bad faith, right? If you pay for a card, pay for it. So I, I, it might seem like I'm saying something very simple, but there are a lot of people that do what's happening right now to you. So, you know, Always understand it's harder to sell a card than buy a card, but also more importantly, buy cards in good faith. Uh, my hobby tip of the week, Andy, one touches, man. They pop your photos so good. It is unfreaking believable. I am a there you go. I'm always I always I, I always have a one touch. 
um, ready to go that's unopened. Just in case, you know, I feel like my other one touch gets a little too scratchy. And what I do, and, and for those that aren't familiar, I take all of my sports cards photos that I sell in one touches. And it makes a card pop. And a lot of times I like a card just in a one touch instead of it being graded. There you go. Look at that. Derek Thomas right there on uh, the YouTube for those that aren't you know, able to watch. It's Andy holding up a, a DT card in a one touch legend. Broderick uh, Thomas, just, just, uh, Oh, it's Broderick. I thought it was a Derek yeah. Thomas. I just looked really quickly. It's this, the Sandman. I, I, look at that. Uh, but look, one touches to make cards look really good. There's nothing against putting your card in a one touch, selling the card in the one touch in the photos. And, you know, obviously, leave a note and and say this card will will ship in a penny sleeve and top loader and um and send it in a penny sleeve and, and top loader i've never had an issue um i'm not misleading anybody it, it, it's it's you know it's just showing the card uh in its best form also for me andy one touches do just photograph better um i i don't know exactly why it has such a big subjective feel but when i'm looking at cards I like seeing them in one touch. I I just do. So uh, one touch in your photos. Now we get into hobby play of the week, Andy, and I will let you go first. Yeah, man. So uh, we've been, we've been running pretty hot on our picks and I'm trying to set us up for the, uh, the playoffs right now, but you know, uh, we're, I think we're in a good time. Like, so you've got Jamar Chase coming back from injury potentially this week, next week. Um, I think this is kind of a good time to look at maybe buying some of his cards. Like, I think there's a lot of potential there for the Bengals, even though they've got a really difficult schedule. I think what it's going to do is thrust them into a lot of like primetime shootout type of spots where you get a lot of eyeballs. I love targeting island games. We've got a few games this week on Thanksgiving. And I would say one play that I'm really uh, interested in making right now, as I'm looking at kind of the, the, uh, the hype index, you know, one guy I really like that I think always is he's like super cheap is Donovan people's Jones on the Cleveland Browns. I, I know they have a much smaller, uh, chance now to make the playoffs but there is still a chance for them potentially you get Deshaun Watson back in in just uh two weeks actually just two weeks uh in the week 13 this guy is roughly the same opportunity metrics as Amari Cooper he's got almost a hundred percentile burst score and the guy is incredibly athletic and I think that a, a lot of uh, these Michigan wide receivers were misused in that um, Michigan program, kind of like Nico Collins on the Houston Texans. So I think these guys have very good athletic profiles. They went a little bit underdrafted based on their college production uh, profile. And I think they're very good athletes. Uh, and he is like their deep ball threat there for the Browns. He's a very good receiver. He could pop uh, here in December. They're going to Definitely start throwing the ball a lot more, I imagine, when Deshaun Watson gets uh, back behind center. I like it. And, you know, I'm a Jamar Chase guy, Andy. What stands out to you the most about Jamar? I, I know I'm biased. That's my guy. 
but why Jamar Chase? Why do you like him so, so, so much? Because, I mean, the way that he positions his body to transition into gaining yards after the catch while still squeezing the football and securing the catch is unlike any other wide receiver. I mean, he's so he's got this incredible dexterity uh, to be able to go ahead and set himself up for the first juke, the first broken tackle while catching the ball. I mean, it's just it's a it's an unrealistic um athletic trait that very few if any wide receivers can do it like he does so you know it's just all purpose and his ability to just dominate any in score from anywhere on the field is like no other i love it now i'm going to give you uh my play of the week it is a little interesting because um i i correct me if i'm wrong andy was it this past week or the week before I said, keep an eye out for Traylon Burks. Um, and we get it. We get our first Traylon Burks game, right? I'm, I'm telling you, I, yeah. I don't miss on these wide receivers. It's one game. We'll we'll see what happens. He did it against the Packers on Thursday night. Looks pretty good, right? So I'm going to give you a player who I wasn't really that high on coming out, right? I was always of the belief, you know, and JJ Bama, I had a shout out to him. Um, Parker's another friend of mine. I have a lot of friends in the hobby, Andy, that are Alabama fans. And as you know, Power Hour LSU could see it. That's what I do, right? I'm going to give you Devonta Smith for this reason, okay? Is he going to be an all-time great wide receiver? Probably not. He is a glorified possession receiver, clear number two, Tyler Boyd-ish kind of player uh, to A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Jalen Hurts in that offense. But I'm telling you this, Devonta Smith, when the lights are the brightest, will have some of the biggest catches you'll ever see. And you, LSU fan, talking about a Heisen winner from Alabama <laughs> who is from Louisiana, Devonta Smith, Amy, Louisiana, okay? I saw a rookie ticket auto for Devonta Smith go for $17 recently, $17. We're talking about a player who is going to make his first playoff run, okay? Um, there, there's a PSA 8 right there, one for, for 35. Um, I saw I saw one go for 17. That might have just been a poorly timed auction. I'm buying that card for 17. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this right now, man. This There it is right there, 1750. Rookie ticket auto. Clutch wide receiver on the best team, arguably in the NFC. The guy's going to make a big playoff catch. All right. He caught one of the biggest passes in the history of college football for the national championship as a true freshman. I, I'm telling you, there's countless times where Devonta Smith ripped my heart out like an L, uh, as an LSU fan. This guy is going to make a big playoff play, and the hype on him is going to go through the freaking roof. That could just be that auction. When I was looking this morning before we started, I was like, wow, uh, this is pretty nuts. You know, one sold yesterday for, for $17.50. I still think Devonta Smith is a guy who could put up some big games. One breakout game. He's he's one of these 40-yard, 50-yard receiver a game kind of guy, right? He's not a big timer. But we haven't seen Devonta Smith have that big breakout game just yet he is only in year two uh, of his development so yes he's not going to be jefferson he's not going to be one of these greats he's not going to be 
a pro bowler even, but is on a big team with the Heiser Trophy winning uh, uh, as a Heiser Trophy winner and a guy with a huge fan base. Uh, Alabama's fan base is huge. So Devonta Smith is my play of the week. I like it, Carter. I think of Gabe Davis in the playoffs last year, four Ooh. touchdown game, you know, against Kansas City. Uh, we'll see what kind of situation that um, the Eagles get themselves in. You know, right now they do have a consolidated target tree with Dallas Goddard out. And, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Colts defense played really well, but they were able to squeak out the win. So I think you've got um, you've got some big days ahead from Devonta Smith for sure, because they're they're a team that spreads the ball around a lot and they're going to take advantage of certain matchups. Uh, and it's not, you know, that's why people ask me, like, why isn't A.J. Brown's cards this, you know, the same as uh, like a Jamar Chase, you know, or Justin Jefferson? It's because A.J. Brown is not putting up the same numbers as those guys on a week-to-week basis. He's not the clear, like, focal point of the offense. Like, you look, you think of the New York Giants. It's Saquon Barkley. Like, he's the focal point. And when you think of uh, the Bengals – and even though they have that incredible two punch combo, but even more so when you think of the Vikings, it's clearly Justin Jefferson, you know? So um, I think that you'll have these spike games from guys on the Eagles that'll generate a lot of hype and you'll be able to easily capitalize, like have that card in a buy it now or something and be able to double, triple your money, especially when you're buying a rookie ticket auto for $18. I love it. D Smith. I'm telling you, I lost all my LSU subscribers. I heard on your <laughs> NFL show they are talking good things about Devonta Smith, but it's funny and the, like his he he gets five to eight targets a game, like he's like on the, one of the best teams. They still have him as a part of the offense. So there you go. Now don't forget to subscribe, ring the bell, get in the comments section down below, kabooms or downtowns, and we'll see you next week, baby. Peace, peace. <laughs>
and my wife goes downstairs to get their clothes and there's water coming out of the ceiling <laughs> that's that's leaking out of the ceiling on the kids bunk bed so um it, it was it was like just like dripping out like pouring out so we grab a pot from the kitchen and it's like got created this big bubble down there so i called the emergency contact and the guy was um you know he wanted me to move the bunk beds and you know put the pot and like uh, poke a hole in the ceiling to let the rest of the water drain out so that was like a little ordeal uh and then we didn't feel safe for the kids you know sleeping down there so they had to stay upstairs with us and so the next morning, then the guy, the the guy wants to come out with his uh, handyman to take a look at it. And so they come out. So now we're, we're like, you know, accommodating these people. And uh, we're like, I, it, I, I tried to take the kids outside, like on a walk uh, while we're waiting for these people. And there's just like this wild dog that has no owner anywhere around that's not on a leash and it's like it's it was fairly friendly but it was very you know it was a big dog and it was jumping all over the kids and like knocking them over and stuff and, and i couldn't find any owner for this dog so needless to say we we had to find a, a new place to we had to find a new place to stay so i had to the whole first half of the day on on thursday while we we're up there was uh working with airbnb support um to get a refund because the the property manager and the late they were like oh just move those move those beds over like um you know oh you still have like half of the house to use and stuff like that and i uh, were like no thank you you know this is not what we signed up for um so it and we tried to get a refund and the lady was denying uh the refund and was not working with us and then they started getting rude and then the uh the property manager and he just leaves he doesn't give us any type of update or anything after being like really copacetic and nice and stuff and and uh, uh yeah so we had to deal with all that for like probably the first uh, you know day of the vacation and then we we uh, we did get some activities in and we got to a new cabin and then we had a good time, you know, good. Uh, for the rest of the time. But that, that was that was the challenge, man. It was interesting. I'm glad you had a good time. But a trip really isn't a trip unless something bad happens. I'm serious. <laughs> like like it, it, it's more memorable if something bad happens. Um I don't do the Airbnb thing. I just don't. All of my experience, I, I'll do it again, but I've never met a property manager that is like somebody that's going to help you. Um, it, it's a lot of that. That's always been such a sour experience for me. I'm not against it. We did one. We were in London, but um, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry that that happened. I remember when we stay uh, stare sure i remember when we stayed in an airbnb in uh in dallas right and it was one of the most harrowing experiences i've ever had in my life walk uh they just tell us hey it's at this house so we go to the house didn't tell us which room we were in i walk into the house there's all these plants like right when you walk in you post the code, you put the code in there's plants all over the floor like not like little flower pots i mean like big green plants so we have to walk through the amazon here and then 
it's it's this place. There's a fridge with all these different photos. There was a light flickering, and and we knew our room was upstairs. So like your situation. So we walk upstairs. I walk into the wrong room. I didn't know where I was supposed to go. <laughs> the room is completely dark with somebody laying down looking at a computer screen and I make eye contact with this person and it was, I've never had someone stare down into my soul like that guy stared down into my soul. Uh, Cause he was watching something on that screen. Uh, we, we all have our, our, our uh, you can imagine what could be on that screen in a completely dark room. So, we didn't say a word. I didn't even see him the rest of the time I was I was even there. And we then, you know, there was another room that was locked. So the only door that was left was um um the uh the, the room we were staying in. Go to the room and the the door has a mugshot of Jack Ruby on it. I've never seen anything like this. I, I swear it was the most bizarre thing. We're in Dallas. The door, it was a big mugshot of, of Jack Ruby. And you know who Jack Ruby is, right? No. Okay. Jack Ruby was the man who shot the man who shot JFK. Oh, okay. Yes. Jack Ruby. Uh, so Lee Harvey Oswald. I, I'm pretty sure it was Jack Ruby. Lee Harvey Oswald. Blah, blah, blah. Lee Harvey Oswald shot JFK. And remember, Jack Ruby shot him. I have no idea why this person had a Jack Ruby mural on his door. It was very bizarre. It made us feel very safe. Get in the bud. The, the the bed sheets had soot on it. <laughs> it was. Uh, but yeah, I I I don't really get the Airbnb thing. I'm a hotel all the way. Um. But, you know, those are our life experiences. Yeah. You live and you learn, right? Yeah, you live and you, you live and you learn. But I'm, but I'm glad you had a good time in the mountains. Where was it again exactly? So the first place was in Clayton, Georgia, which is like northeast Georgia, right on the border of uh, North Carolina, Tennessee. And, and then okay. we went to Blue Ridge, which is just like uh, an hour away. Unfortunate situation with this guy, and I wish I would have. I so I had an offer on this card of one fifteen. The guy ended up paying one twenty five full price. I wish I would have sold it to somebody else for a little bit lower to avoid all of this headache. You know, but you you have no idea. And and look, no idea. Something else about that that just you know drives me up a wall. Like I saw someone. Um, this was a big Twitter thing, and I know I'm going to get some blowback on this if this actually makes airwaves. But there was someone who bought like a sec, uh, second year Patrick Mahomes card for 31 bucks. Okay. And some, um, you know, they, they canceled the purchase because they said they had car trouble. Then if you, if you can't cover $31 on a whim, why are you trying to buy sports cards? You know what I'm saying? Why? Uh, and and th- so a guy did the card purchaser thing and and tagged uh, him on Twitter. And look, I've been tight for money, but guess what? Getting ready to get married. I'm not buying a whole lot of you know cards. 
Like, it's just not what I'm doing. So I, I was, and there was a lot of people, a guy was just like, you know, frustrated that the dude just canceled the, the Mahomes purchase for 31 bucks. And look, life happens. You know, I don't think it's really like a big controversy or whatever. But the issue is don't buy cards if you don't have the money to buy cards. Just don't do it. I want as many people in the hobby as I possibly can. But if you can't cover and honor a $31 purchase, no matter how bad that purchase may be, then what what are you doing? What 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 you're wasting a lot of people's time, right? And you know, like with this, I mean, there's no need to be doing this to you for one one hundred twenty five dollars, right? It's a lot of money. Like it's like in the middle of you know when things get into the hundreds, that's a significant amount of money, right? But it's not like an insurmountable amount of money as well. You're screwing that this guy is is trying to screw you. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's, if if I were the person and you know I have uh I have this card and I have the refund, the one thing I would be certain doing is the right thing is saying, look. I'm sorry we went through all this. I look at the card. There's surface imperfections. But now this guy's trying to keep the card. Uh, I'm telling you, if this doesn't get solved, we are flaming him on this channel. I don't care yeah. if we get I don't I don't I don't I don't care if people hate us forever. We're not we're not trying to dox anybody. We just want to make sure people don't do because what he's doing is 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 it's clear that he bought a Brees Hall card. It should you should put two and two together here that he's trying to get out of the the the, the purchase because the dude the dude's knee turned into uh shreds. So oh, yeah. it was after his third breakout game, he paid too much for it, and then the guy tore his ACL like literally a day or two after he got the card. So it's like not yeah, I mean it's it's pretty obvious what the guy's trying to do, and yeah, it's it's crazy man we we've actually started a channel in our discord for uh ebay uh buyers that we want to avoid because there's other issues like non-payment it's a big one like you're talking about i've had a i don't get it either i've had a guy that's like oh i can't pay until uh wednesday or thursday is that okay and i'm and you know i don't understand that like why why are you buying sports cards if you gotta like wait to get paid probably shouldn't be buying sports cards if that's the case you know if you have a 50 sports card sounds like you're over leveraging yourself financially you know yeah and there are times when you, where where you shouldn't just pay right away if you're looking at that person having another auction on cards but even then like there was a time i bought a card on sunday and he had another auction ending on a card that i wanted like on tuesday or wednesday so i sent the guy a message i was like hey I know it's Monday. I haven't paid yet. Whatever. I'm looking at this auction. That's the reason why I'm doing it. You know, I just wish people, I know it comes off wrong. We should always be sympathetic to the buyer because you, know, you grow up. Well, the, the, the customer is always right, which is true, but he's not always right. He or she's not always right. And I am very sympathetic to sellers. I am sellers that are in good faith. 
because it is i am telling you that the and i know i say it a gazillion times on here it's a big reason why i stopped you know selling as many cards as as possible and i never was like just this high volume seller but and then some of that's just laziness some of that i just love the cards that you know i get attached to them but but i'm telling you there's so many things that are working it's a seller at all times it's crazy i'm going to a show not this weekend but the next in atlanta oh nice pretty excited about that might begin might begin to go to the dallas show so if anybody out there has been to the dallas show let me know uh in january Snow wants to combine fancy and trading cards. When I was a kid, my brother and I used to play a game where we would put our cards head-to-head on Sunday. If the player's team won, the winner got all the cards. It was that simple. I think this idea is scalable and possible to play on a platform like this. Of course, the two players would agree on some basic rules and would rely heavily on the honor system. Two variations, individual cards based on fantasy points or team lots based on wins. I guess the loser pays shipping. Seen anything like this? I think the most similar thing we've done is just you and I have bet on a game, and then whoever wins gets a card. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I, 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 w- I, w- I wish there was more of that. I just think that that's just fun. I don't know. Like I, I kind of like that. That was that's how you and I became really good friends. Honestly, uh, you, we were friends already, uh, really good friends before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the our bets were just a lot of fun. Yeah, they, yeah, they they really were, man. And and there was such a a deep seated um, fandom there for our teams, you know. Yeah, being like, a Saints lifer and I'm a Bucks lifer and and division rivals, and so it was a perfect, it's perfect to two two times a year, and then that year we had the playoffs too. So finally got my revenge. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, you know, you know, you know something I find to be really interesting. One person's cards I'm, I'm going to be following really closely is um, is Micah Parsons. Oh yeah. And His cards are so expensive. They they really are. So you know, you you really have something interesting with this guy, right? Like he's like he's he really is a star. Okay, like he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. And he plays for the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are winning, right? And I know Dak is the star, right? He's a star quarterback, and. It's a really good quarterback at that. But it is clear Micah Parsons is the best player on this team. And he's arguably the best player in the NFL. So his rookie ticket autos, you know, float around a hundo. Um, I would say more. I would see. I would say more only because or maybe, but it also goes to hyper relevancy, right? If they're ending an auction on Wednesday afternoon, you probably go for around a hundo. But on the on Sunday when he's eating Kirk Cousins up for lunch, then they're going to go for closer to two hundred. I saw a light blue prism, serial numbered, non autograph, just prism rookie card, serial numbered like to one ninety nine, sell for a hundred dollars on Micah Parsons. There was a mosaic autograph 
Micah that sold for a hundred and I think 30, 130, 140 on Sunday, Monday. So, um, and that was like a big increase over the auction a couple days prior, but it just goes to the hyper relevancy thing, man. People. It, so it's blue prism auto. I'm looking at it right now. Number 25 out of 25, 730 bucks. Yeah. It's, it's nuts, man. This guy, this guy's got it all, man. He really does. He really does. Um, yeah, I mean, if if I were to compare his market to what Jalen Waddle, um, you know, it, even Jamar Chase, I mean, it's it's comparable. Like I could go and and look at eBay, and of course, Jamar's injured right now, so maybe that's not the best comparison. But I think he'll be back maybe this week or next week. I already was off the crutches; he's back to practice. Just pretty quick. I'm like, whoa, dude, that guy just was on crutches last week. Like crutches, like crutches sounds like you're seriously injured. And now he's off of the crutches. And it seems like they're talking about he may go this weekend. Maybe not this weekend, but next week, and he should be good to go. Yeah, it's so good. Huh? 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 Okay, here's a great example. Uh Micah Parsons, press proof premium, rated rookie. PSA 10, $90, buy it now. The Jalen Waddle 50. The, the, these are two transactions that just went down yesterday and today. Crazy. Um, even looking at, let's say, 2021, like who's uh, uh, Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Well, there's not a whole lot of difference between Mac Jones anymore and um, Davis Mills or. <laughs> Or Zach Wilson. Certainly, uh, Justin Fields has got to be, even though he's got a little banged up on his shoulder now because just they're running him into the ground a little bit. McCorkle. Mac McCorkle. Uh, let's see. Mac, so the Mac Jones. Yeah, the, the, Mac, the Mac Jones Press Proof Premium PSA 10, $42 in auction last night. Another one auctioned yesterday for fifty six. Another one sold uh, auction on Sunday for fifty six. A one sold on a buy it now Sunday for about seventy five. Still lower than the Michael Parsons. Mm. Still lower. Now what about Trevor Lawrence? That's proved premium twenty twenty one PSA ten. Sold items, PSA 10, SGC 10, sold for 31 in auction yesterday, but a buy it now sold on Saturday for $99.99. So you're literally looking at uh, comparable scarcity of card. I think Micah, for his mid-tier type of cards, are selling for about the same as Trevor Lawrence. Ain't that something? Isn't that something, man? Defensive players, let's go. Defensive player. You know, he's just got so much going for him. He's got so much going for him. I mean, he's pegged the top of the defensive hype index uh, pretty much all season.